Hey there, everyone. I'm Andrew Fulton, your host of the Rigway Podcast. We want to thank everyone for listening to episode two. We sure hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chad Umble. We thought it was fun. And I especially want to thank those that have subscribed to the podcast. Right now, we're going to give a shout out to the rope access organization, SPRAT. At Rig Rope Access, we provide SPRAT training and certification. The SPRAT acronym stands for the Society of Professional Rope Access Technicians. And I'm gonna share with you SPRAT's aims and objectives from their website. So here they are. The Society of Professional Rope Access Technicians, SPRAT, is a member-driven organization that advances the safe use of rope access through education, standards development, and certification administration. SPRAT supports companies and technicians using rope access with regulatory support, networking, and opportunities to participate in developing industry consensus standards. Membership in the organization is open to any company or individual interested in furthering the interest of rope access. Current members include a broad cross-section of commercial industry, professional services, and government agencies. Sprat values openness, honesty, professionalism, responsibility, accountability, and integrity in an environment of teamwork, mutual trust, and respect. This includes honoring and encouraging diversity and inclusion in all respects of Sprat's mission, as well as with our members, technicians, and partners. So there you have it. Those are the aims and objectives of Sprat, and that's why RIG chooses to be a Sprat training company. Sprat is a great organization to be involved with. Hey there, everybody. Well, here we are, episode three of the Rigway podcast. It's going to be a great time. And today we're with Bob Goodwin, the director of rope access training and standards over at Rig Rope Access. And uh, it's going to be great. Bob, thanks for joining us. I know you're slammed right now with all your responsibilities of the business. So I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, it's great to be here. And uh, this is definitely uh, an awesome thing that you're doing. And it's a it's a valuable thing to spend time on. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, you're here because you have so much great insight in the rope access industry. You're a person that's well thought of and well respected out there. Um, and we just want to know all about that. And we want to let uh, everybody know what your role is at the company. Like I said a minute ago, you're director of training and standards. What does that mean? What does that entail? So the training part, is mainly managing the our training program and so that's the IRATA um, and SPRAT training. We do some other training also we do fall arrest uh, training, we do confined space training. Uh, we're about to get into GWO training nice which is specific to the wind um, industry and all of those uh, training are based off of standards. So part of the standards is just making sure that the training gets delivered to the standard. Mm -hmm. So um, understanding the, the standards and uh, making sure that our program and our procedures meet those standards. Uh, then there's some other standards that I oversee also as part of our operations. So. Uh, one of those is the ASNT, which is for the non-destructive testing. And um, again, we just have specific work procedures that have to meet specific work standards. And so if there's a standard that uh, that's involved in a project, then I get pulled into the project. And so, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I wind up getting uh, to do a lot of interesting work on both the training and the operations side. Yeah, you definitely stay busy. Um, <laughs> you enjoy doing the training and you enjoy doing standards. I mean, that's evident. I don't think it's something that you feel is like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. Yeah, for sure. There's other things that I have to do that I don't enjoy. Like <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but training and standards definitely are, are uh, rewarding. Okay. So the next question, how did you get involved in rope access and how long have you been doing it? Well, I originally got involved in, um, in some other industries that weren't directly industrial rope access. So that was back in 2000 and the first 
you know, I think of roping um, technicians or the rope industry as being pretty wide. You know, it it includes a it includes also um, you know theatrical rigging and um, even uh, technical guiding, um, rock guiding and instruction, and uh, rescue, professional rescue. But um, my my introduction was through theatrical rigging, so that was back in 2000, and that was uh, followed by some other um, stage rigging, and then eventually that led to um that's a bit of a ramble Ah, it's okay a lot of riggers in town that come from the entertainment industry got into rope access i mean that's a it's pretty entrenched so yeah it's a long and rambling way to to sort of (laughs) sum it up but eventually um i did get involved in industrial rope access through uh, a company called Dragon Safety. Ah, uh, yeah. I worked for Dragon. And so Dragon Safety was Las Vegas-based, and uh, at the time, they were just looking to pull people in. Uh, the industry was growing, and they were trying to pull people in who had roping background, who mm-hmm. had rope skills, because at that time, you could direct enter into IRATA. Mm. And they were an IRATA company. And so I did a direct entry in 2009 into the IRATA um, system and also into the Sprat system. Okay. Um, after that, it was, uh, uh, I, I got involved in operations, um, but I also pretty quickly in 2010 was getting involved in their training program because they had a training program. So um, since then, I've, um, I've, I've worked in a lot of different industries within industrial rope access, um, including oil and gas, um, infrastructure, um, building, uh, building maintenance, um, not so much, but uh, new building construction like high-rise and mid-rise construction on the building side and um, you know wind uh, energy there there are a lot of different applications and in industries and I've seen a lot of them and then I've also been involved in the rope access training side so I was going to ask you at what point did you decide that you wanted to get into the training part of it and then eventually become an assessor I mean, working on these jobs, traveling, it's a lot of road work, and, uh, you know, no one's ever getting any younger. So working on ropes is uh, it's tough. Instructing's nice. So at what point did you decide, man, I think I'd like to be a trainer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't, um, I wasn't trying to get out of, uh, you know, the, the hard work aspect of it so much but i mean since you point that out you know that's like you know maybe it was in the back of my mind (laughs) okay but uh i didn't think of it that way and i was always interested in education um when i uh came out of college i was i did teach i was uh i i um was a teacher in middle school and high school wow and uh I, you know, I didn't stick with it. It didn't, uh, it didn't exactly stick, obviously, but I enjoyed it. And then I was also a mountain guide. Yeah. I did that for, uh, for years. I got into that around the same time as I got into, um, the theatrical rigging and arena rigging. So it's rewarding for me to, uh, to be involved as a teacher Yeah. and, uh, and the training, and a coach, you know, yeah. so the, it's a lot of overlap on those same skills. You're, you're a teacher, you're a coach, you're helping people reach a goal, you're a guide. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of overlap in terms of skills. And if you find it rewarding, you know, it's, it, it can be, it can be um, a great path to take. 
So Bob, rope access technicians that are out there actively working in the field that are thinking like, you know, I would like to teach and instruct as well. You know, what is the path that they need to take? Yeah, it's um, it's uh, a long road in terms of having to get a lot of experience under your belt. Okay. And uh, the, uh, the, the other thing is it's not, uh, it's not appealing to the majority, I would say, of rope techs because it doesn't make as much money. Um, you don't. You you definitely make more money going on a project where you're going to get long hours, extended hours, overtime, and um, so it's you know it's it's definitely not as appealing. It can also um, you need you need to enjoy the teaching aspect of it. So, you know, like we talked about, if if that's something that's appealing, then great. If uh, if not, it's it's uh, really difficult. It's a very difficult job. It can be, um, you know, like Groundhog Day. You know, some people describe it that way because, <laughs> you, you know, you start, it's just a week long. So it's this week-long journey um, yeah. that you have with eight students. Um, people describe uh, mountain guiding the same way and sometimes if it if they're not the right fit for the job uh, because you might go to the same place um, you have a different person though and so you have to um, you have to be a people person Uh, you have to enjoy that aspect because that's the only thing that's new it's a new person yeah Um, the the you know the curriculum uh, that you're you're working on is the same the environment that you're working in is the same so it can you know feel incredibly repetitive um, unless you're you're into it you enjoy the uh, the aspect of just working with people to help them achieve a goal no doubt about it I definitely believe that to be a successful teacher you have to like people and they have to feel that from you like this person really has an interest in me. They want me to be successful. Um, and the Groundhog Day uh, is the perfect way to put it because yeah, you're starting back at zero Monday morning. Yep. And it's like, oh gosh. But it's great to see uh, people that you've worked with over the years blossom and mature and become awesome at what they're doing. So my next question for you is, and I asked this to Chad in the last one, what do you think some of the best trade skills for a rope access technician to have a good career what would some of those be? Well, for trade skills, you know, just thinking of the projects that we uh, get involved in, we have a welding program. And so welding is a trade skill that is, uh, can, can be very valuable for a company like us that has a welding program and takes on those kinds of projects. I would say along with that goes NDT inspection because, um, you know, new welds need to get inspected, Um, you know, new construction. uh, There's a lot of NDT inspection that goes along with that. Um, And we also have an ASNT program. So both of those are are great skills. And um, I guess I'll add uh, painting, you know, coatings. For that sure. uh, is um, a great trade to have. We do a lot of coatings projects, uh, coatings related. Um, we also get into the wind industry, which has um, composite repair. Yeah. Uh, that goes along with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's other things that are really specific to certain industries. You know, I would say um, rope access is growing. So um, really big in the in the building maintenance mm. area right now. For sure. Window washing. Yeah. Um, people don't necessarily think of that as a trade on the same level as welding, but you watch a, uh, a window washer who is really experienced and really knows the trade next to a novice and you're going to see that that's you know a very highly skilled trade so 
Yeah, no matter uh, no matter what the trade is, I think there there's uh, the potential for rope access applications. All right, that's great. So you hear it, friends. Bob is saying welding, NDT inspection, coatings, painting. Um, those are some awesome skills to have. Rope access is a way to get out there to do the work. That's what it is. Sometimes we have jobs where we just have to go up there and attach and put a few things in place. And it could be weeks of work like that, where it's not really a trade skill related activity, but it's great having a trade skill under your, you know, makes you that much more valuable. So, you know, something else that, you know, as somebody, yourself who's kind of a mentor and a role model and people look to you out there as, as an example give us a little bit of successful strategies that you would tell a young person some advice just to help them have a good foundation out there what what are some just little things of nuggets of wisdom you'd give us hmm that is um there's a lot you know that's uh that's there's a lot that goes into that for um you know i would say just foundational um go slow um especially when you're when you're uh on ropes so that's a great foundational skill i think that will will keep you uh safe and it'll also um really help you build your skills speed's gonna come and there's so much pressure on the job so i would say that's uh that's a you know a good thing to keep in mind is just to uh make sure that you're you know methodical and safe uh before you try to you know shock the world with with um incredible speed Okay. on ropes um you know and that's that's the advice that we give to new techs who are joining our teams nice especially yeah because our teams are so strong you know and yeah. they're just so fast yeah and so there's pressure to perform because yeah. you're you know in you're, you're surrounded by these you know this a team of uh crushers yeah um you know aside from that just the you know, just the basic things of, uh, you know, being responsible for your own uh, production, your own safety. Um, personal responsibility is huge in rope access. You know, we are always providing supervision and guidance, but you're just not going to cut it unless you, you know, take, take responsibility and take charge for quality, for safety, for production. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll I love end that. It at that. Personal responsibility. Man, that is right there, right out of the gate, everybody. You know, all young people right there. Be responsible for yourself. And yeah. then look at the group and be responsible for the group because, you know, yeah. we all succeed together. Mm -hmm. Rope access, is it growing in the United States? Good future? It is. Yeah, it's uh, it's growing. So, um, you know, automate... Uh, um, AI, um, automated intelligence or artificial intelligence is, uh, is also growing. So, um, you know, either rope access is going to take over or robots is going to take over, <laughs> but, uh, you know, until we get replaced by robots, yeah. we're, we're going to be rescuing the robots. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. So yeah, no, it's, it's growing and it's also growing in a lot of different industries and a lot of different environments. So that's fun because it's, uh, you know, no, no matter what uh, types of work you're interested in, uh, there's definitely, um, you know, there's applications. And it's fun for, for specialty companies like ourselves, you know, a specialty industrial rope access company, because we aren't going to the same environments every job you know each yeah. project uh, has new challenges and they're unique yeah. to that environment and that industry so yeah right. it's definitely growing all right that was awesome and you know like bob said you know there's there's a future in this business of rope access and 
you always want to be looking down the the long road and you know that's what this podcast is all about to help give you guys insight out there and so much awesome info bob i appreciate that you're one of the most respected technicians instructors evaluators in the business for sure and now we're going to switch it up for a little bit and we're going to talk about business and some success strategies nice All right, rig friends, now we're back, and this is one of our favorite sections that we love to talk about, and that is business success strategies, being an entrepreneur, and just being in business. Bob, you have an entrepreneur streak in you, and I know you've had a business before rig. You owned a climbing guide service with a couple of other guides. Tell us about that. Well, that was um, a friend of mine who pulled me in, you know, whose, whose idea it was originally, and uh, so, he still owns the business and okay. is and he's doing well with it um but yeah that was uh andy's mountain guides and so uh yeah juan pablo is still um making that work and i think it was really successful uh for him um initially when when we started um i was just uh you know, helping him get it off the ground a little bit. And then ultimately it, uh, you know, he was putting a lot more energy into it than I was. Okay. Um, I think, you know, maybe because it was, well, obviously because it was his uh, idea and his concept to start out with. And, um, you know, he's done great with it. Okay, that's good. And where was that guide service mostly working? That was South America. South America. Um, yeah, Argentina. Aconcagua, and Patagonia. Yeah, Aconcagua, um, and uh, and smaller trips. Did you guide in Aconcagua? Patagonia. Have you been on Aconcagua? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've done um, two trips that I guided, and then wow. one personal trip. One of the seven summits. One of the seven summits. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So after that experience, um, you were still willing to give entrepreneurship another go, and. You must like being in business for yourself and doing a little bit of your own thing. You've worked all over town. We've worked for so many different companies in the union together. Um, you went for it again with Rig. So tell us a little bit about that. We've been partners for going on eight years and I have a little bit of insight in how you think and really enjoy you, know, you as a partner. So what do you uh, think really makes a good business for you? Well, this has been a great business for me to be involved with and so you get the credit for that you know you and chad um <laughs> for you know starting it but then for pulling me in and um i had been thinking about uh starting uh, a rope access training company yep but i would have just been thinking about it for the next 20 years you know uh. Um, I'm not, I, I, I'm methodical and, um, and I think both you and, and Chad have, uh, you know, more spontaneity, right? And so I think that's a, a, a mix that's been really helpful for, for all of us, you know, you guys, um, being able to, um, just move on something. Um, get something started, and that's an important part of entrepreneurship. Just the, uh, you know, the willingness to jump in, and uh, so, yeah, that was that. That was how I got pulled in. Is basically um, by uh, teaming up with uh, with you guys. Um, I wasn't thinking of having an operations side mm. to uh, to anything, and you guys weren't thinking of having a training side. Yeah, and so combining those was uh, was the idea, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, worked out really well. Yeah, it has worked out really wonderful, and and yes, Chad and I were more focused on the operations side, but we knew in order to even make that work, we still needed Bob Goodwin. <laughs> and then it was great that you wanted to do training and have a training operation. And, you know, as far as like what you like providing out there to the industry, what are your, you know, core values that you want to be portrayed at with rig and the service that you like to offer? 
Well, we have two. We have two separate uh, goals um, as as an operations company versus a training company. Okay, tell us those. So we talk about this all the time, yep. you know, because it it is it, it is um, sometimes tricky to uh, to deliver on both of those. They can be in conflict, but you know, as an operations company, we uh, we want to be the best uh, rope access company in the world. For sure, <laughs> you know? for sure, yeah. And it's it's important to to stay focused on that goal, and you know that it's it's a big goal, um, and it puts us in direct competition with everybody else who's trying to be a rope access company because they're trying to be the best in the world too. Yeah. Um, so, on the other hand, as a training company, we're our goal is to help everybody else, you know, even if they don't work for us, you know, the technicians, um, but, you know, companies, other rope access companies will send their technicians to us to train and we yeah. will try to make them the best and therefore, you know, help their company be the best also. Um, and that's more of a, a goal that is, is, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, you know, and we For want sure. the industry to be strong For and we sure. want um, the industry to be safe. Yeah. And so we just have to, we just have to try to deliver on both of those goals and, um, you know, yeah, they're big goals. I love that. And we do have a reputation as delivering excellent service on the operations side and high-end training and we train our competition and we don't mind it. And I loved it that, you know, the rising tide lifts all the ships. And what tickles me about it is they're being trained to our standards, you know, um, and they keep coming back. We don't, sure. we don't lose training customers. They keep coming back. It's a really a beautiful thing. So throughout our careers, you and I have worked for many different companies. What do you value? when you work for another company. And I say that because we have so many employees that enjoy working for us and we wanna be a good company. So what, when you were out there working in the field, did you wish another company would be and you thought, man, someday I would do this? Hmm. Um, there are, a few things that I think we are doing a really good job on that um, it's it's because it's it's because of past experience. So one of those is, and that experience was you know positive with some companies, negative with others. Sure. But um, providing the best equipment, you know, for our for our operations, just and our training, it's uh, something that we we do and we do it uh at, at a really high level um we listen to our teams yeah we listen to what they need yeah and if they need gear we get them the gear yeah um that's that helps a lot with safety it helps with production it helps with quality helps with morale yeah. and so i feel like that's uh uh something that we do that um, you know, certainly other companies that I've worked for in the past didn't do at that same level. Um, the other one is planning, yeah, project planning, very important. And uh, yeah, planning, planning a job. Um, you know, there occasionally we uh, we don't have the information that we need uh, before we get to a job site and. When that happens, we uh, we do our best to let the team know that we're going in a little bit blind. Uh. But you know, we always uh, try to have adequate planning um, whenever that's an option. So I think that is something that we do really well as a company, and that's based on past experiences with. Um, with other companies when it's done well then uh everything you know flows pretty good 
Absolutely. Having all the equipment, having good planning, that just makes the job go smooth. The contractor sees that. They see that this group has it together and values the time associated with what the project is, man. Super important because time is money. It's what it boils down to. One of the qualities I've always appreciated about you is your care and attention to details, which is an attribute definitely needed by somebody who is a director of training and standards. And you're a detail guy. You've always been a detail guy, really fastidious like that. Yeah, I don't think of myself as a detail guy. Oh man, <laughs> Chad and I think you're a detail guy. I know. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, the least bad of the three of us. I think <laughs> the least bad of the three of us. But, That's great. Um, yeah, I'm. I am methodical. Yeah. And process oriented. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, the the methodical and the and the process oriented part came in college. That hmm. was something that I learned to uh, to um, start with step one. You know, when you have a big job to do, um, don't just uh, it's it's important to have a good process. And um, so, yeah, that's something that I I uh, I learned um, as far as as far as that goes. I, I, I don't think I'm that way Okay. by nature. <laughs> You've worked hard to be good at it, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for listeners who are considering starting their own business, either in construction or rope access or an entertainment rigging company in Vegas? You know, what, what, what a couple of little nuggets of wisdom would you give them? Well, um, one is to have a strong team. Nice. And... So that's another thing that I think as a company we've always done is just stack our teams, you know, just find the best talent, get the best people, um, pay them uh, what they're worth so that they're, you know, sticking around. And when when it comes to building a business, that's important also. You need a stacked team. Um, That's critical for success. No doubt about it. Share a success story with us with rig or something else well speaking of stack teams um we you know i would say having um adding the the teammates that we have um you know me there's there's me you and chad but we've also managed to add uh clayton glenn in alaska yeah just a top-notch project manager um, one of the best, and we've got Chad Ziprick yep. in Las Vegas, which we were able to do um, because, I mean, it was basically because of COVID, you know, because uh, he was entertainment. Um, he was more entertainment-based, working for a, a big entertainment company, and they were they didn't have any work you know they didn't have anything going on and so here we have an opportunity to bring somebody with an incredibly high level of talent uh like chad and um then you know trevor whipke yeah Trevor. who uh you know i would say that's um that's a great success story because we worked with trevor early on he was one of our trainers and um safety supervisors and then he he went off on his own and started his own business yeah and he was successful with that business but he was also uh he was also limited because he was he didn't have the team yeah that uh and and just the resources and so when we had, I think it was because we had done a good job with building our team that, you know, Trevor, with all of his success and all of his talent, um, ultimately came back and uh, and wanted to partner up with us. And so, yeah, you know, great. I would say that's that's just been uh, a really good success story for us is just, you know, building that team and that we have now. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, stacking your team, having talent, keeping the talent around, doing what it takes to keep them around 
it just it's going to make your business go far and i i really believe the future of rig is based on the people that we bring on building our teams and that was some super information you shared about business and your little being an entrepreneur and helping out with your buddy's guide service and we appreciate that no doubt and up next folks we're going to talk about adventure and that's one of our favorite subjects on the podcast and we're going to have bob tell us a bit about his climbing background and why having adventure in his life is important and how he became involved as a technical rescue uh teammate on uh red rock out in red rock canyon for las vegas search and rescue so stay tuned all right friends now we're going to give a shout out to our incredible partner in all things rope access equipment that being petzl rig is a petzl technical partner and is honored to be so and i'm going to read to you from the petzl website what it takes to be a petzl technical partner and the associated benefits a Petzl Technical Partner is a recognized expert company or individual in a vertical environment that demonstrates a thorough understanding of their respective industry, contributes to the development of best practices, and meaningfully integrates Petzl into their systems and curriculum. In return for this promotional support, Petzl endeavors to share our information, our products, our time, and our resources to ensure mutual success and sustainable growth. That right there, friends, is why Rig Rope Access is a Petzl technical partner. Petzl is such a fantastic company to be aligned with. Rig loves Petzl. Well, here we are, folks. We made it segment three, the adventure time part of the Rigway podcast, one of my favorite parts. Bob, tell us a little bit about your climbing background and how you became involved in search and rescue out in Red Rock Canyon with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department's technical search and rescue team. Absolutely. But uh, before I get into that, I realized that um, when we were talking about our team, I forgot to mention um, our human resources ah. director. Oh, yes. Pauline oh. Snyder Goodwin, yes. who also happens to be my wife. <laughs> yeah, and she is very important with our business. Yeah, she's pretty critical. Foundational. Um, you know, taking taking a, a spouse for granted, I suppose it's, uh, you know, not a good thing. But, um, yeah, she's uh, gotten us through a lot of the, the challenges that, face businesses and um, she's done it without any specific um, human resources training or background so it's really impressive yeah that is really great but yeah back to um, the adventure I got into the climbing and uh, mountaineering relatively late it was it was after college so okay. you know College was the the first time that I uh, had uh, any experience with with climbing. You know, went went for my first uh, you know day out on rock in uh, like around my my junior year, and then I realized that it was gonna probably absorb all of my time. So mm. I didn't do anything else until after I graduated. Interesting. And um, after that, I. It, it really pulled me in um, like it does for, uh, you know, like it did for you and, and, and like it does for a lot of our, you know, climbing friends. Yeah. Uh, part of that was the adventure. Uh, part of it was the, the athletic challenge of it, you know, yeah. the physical challenge. Yeah. I think both are really rewarding. And for the athletic part of it, I've realized that, you know, I can just like do jumping jacks and feel better i i don't i don't need the climbing to satisfy that part of it as much but the um the adventure part you know the exploration being in in an incredible place where um you know just a surprising uh environment and a, a challenging environment that is uh is something that is uh for an adventurous spirit or an adventurous person mm -hmm. i think that's something that we need so for sure right mm -hmm. it's uh 
gives us goals, gives us something to quest for, something to train for, something to plan for. Sure. And, you know, you as a climber are way better climber than I ever was technically. And you have achieved one specific awesome rock climb that I, I'm just so impressed with. I'd love you to just tell us a little bit about it. It's like you free climbed Moonlight Buttress in Zion. Right. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that, that was a, a real challenge for me. That's yeah. sort of at, at my technical limit. Yeah. So, you know, this is a rock climb that has been free soloed at this point. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's not, uh, the, the, the challenge of it, the technical challenge is always going to be relative to the, you know, your technical ability. But yeah, for me, that was, um, right there and it took, a lot of commitment mm-hmm. and um because uh you know from here you got to drive and it's a good three four hour drive i guess more on the closer to the three side um but uh it's a big route and yeah. so it's it's long uh, it requires just a sustained focus you know all the things that um that uh that you know challenge are are challenging just because of of the pure physical challenge for sure um and the mental challenge of of uh you know staying focused on on something like that but yeah great you know that's another great thing about climbing um is just the uh you know the goal setting part of it and that you know a lot of growth opportunity comes from um from failing as well you know i mean the absolutely i failed on that route so many times over and over and over again and <laughs> you know that's that's when you learn and yeah. um if you if you can get through the failure and still stick with it yeah um i think michael jordan has a really good quote about you know how many how many shots he missed mm. right you know he's missed and this uh, sort of staggering number of shots. Yeah. But um, that's, uh, you know, he's the greatest ever, yeah. right? And so, it, yeah, it's the, those opportunities, which are tend to be in athletics mm-hmm. for a lot of us, mm-hmm. just to fail and fail and fail and fail. Yeah. Those are good opportunities. You want to go for those. Yeah, those are good <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> Any uh, climbing objectives on your goal list in your bucket list that you want to tick off that you still are stoked to do? Uh, I mean, it's been backburnered a little bit. You know, I, uh, I love climbing with my daughter. Yeah. And she's nine now. And so we're mainly climbing in the gym. Cool. Um, not so much outside, but she's, you know, she's starting to get interested in uh in doing other outdoor activities and um but yeah i i you know i'm more interested in uh, making sure that the the business gets the right focus and that i'm spending time with my family yeah and so the the climbing goals you know i i uh I guess I kind of backburnered them a little bit. Ah, but they're still there. You know, it's that triangle. You got your family, you got your business, and then over here's, you know, your things that you still want to do. And man, that'd be great someday you and your daughter get out there and maybe do some fun, easy multi-pitch in Red Rock. I took my yep. son when he was 10 up Solar Slab. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's it was cool. a great day for him. And he was able to scramble up it. He'd been out the boulders a lot since he was a kid. And it was a big day for him. But it was it was fun. We camped out there and did the whole whole experience. Wow. And I think Wilson could still tell you about it. I don't know if he enjoyed it or not, but right. I still like thinking about it. <laughs> it was yeah. great. So I'm sure he did. Yeah, I think so. So uh, now I want to talk a little bit about your involvement as a in search and rescue. And you know, you're a guide and you spent many years guiding in Red Rock Canyon and cruising those canyons. And as a guide, you're out there helping people all the time that are in situations where there could be in over their head, you give them a little beta, but then you've taken it to, you've taken it to the next level. You've got involved in search and rescue. And how did that come about? Sure. Yeah. Well, that was Simon Peck and Mike Ward who started working with Las Vegas search and uh, uh, Las Vegas Metro search and rescue. 
So it's the officers who actually run the uh, the program, hmm. and uh, Simon Peck and Mike Ward as um, as climbers um, reached out to um, to start a uh, a separate volunteer side um, because they still need lots of volunteers. So you can be a volunteer for uh, Las Vegas Metro um, on doing a lot of different things. If um, you know if you're interested, there's uh, all kinds of opportunities to to volunteer with with them. But uh, their mountain rescue team is volunteers. Their dive rescue team is volunteers and then it's mm. just it's the officers who uh who coordinate it and um you know lead the the effort but there's uh you know there's also great resources uh they've got helicopters you know for um for accessing um these remote areas or even peaks and so they're uh you know they're a great organization they've got great resources they didn't have any uh, specific expertise with climbing and mm. with uh, you know uh, technical rescue in a climbing environment in mm. a, in you know a pure vertical environment. Um, yeah. They were basically doing top down style. Mm-hmm. You know, access the top, lower a rescuer, haul out, and um, so it was it was Simon and Mike who uh, who started a different program with them and then um, brought me in and other climbers to uh, with similar backgrounds in guiding and industrial rope access. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's been that's how it that's how it started. And um, it's uh, you know it's volunteer, like I said, but um, it's on the other hand, it's like I'm working with really, high-end professionals absolutely yeah you know yeah. the officers but then also the other volunteers yeah very high-end um talented and committed um professionals so that is uh that's a really rewarding um really re- rewarding thing to do as a volunteer i've found nice and it's not like going out on a rescue is a fun thing to do because you can't waken up in the middle of the night to go do it or on a day with bad weather but the training is probably pretty fun it's pretty high end you know you're up there in a helicopter oftentimes going into these locations that is hard to get to it just as a climber yep <laughs> i mean i'm jealous sometimes what you guys are getting to go do it just sounds great um tell us a little bit about one of your favorite training exercises you guys do well yeah the the training is um, you know, especially with the helicopter and with the hoist, yeah, is um, pretty pretty amazing. You know, it's just such such incredible equipment. Yeah. The uh, and then the the pilots yeah. are so oh. good. Nerves of steel. Yeah, nerves of steel, and just like a lot of experience and um, a lot of ability. A lot of hours so uh yeah the training can be the the training exercises can actually be um kind of fun mm-hmm. you know getting to um uh, you know also we're we're all you know in terms of the volunteers um and the officers uh we we enjoy working together and mm-hmm. so it's just an opportunity to to um work with a group that um uh, of you know of people get together and um sort of enjoy the enjoy the group dynamic enjoy the company um we had one recent rescue that i uh i went out on with adam harrington awesome Great and dude. uh the officers have um have uh, one of the you know newer officers i think he's been with the unit at least two years now but um uh his name's will and he uh has climbing background as well mm-hmm. and so that's uh he was on this rescue also but um we uh we were 
able to insert to the top of Mescalito. Wow. And you've had to hike down Mescalito, I'm sure. sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. I don't know if you've ever hiked up to the top, the I've hiking. Been to the summit of Mescalito. The, yeah, there's many a, different ways. There's a lot of different ways. None of them are easy, yep. right? So being able to leave the parking lot, you know, and then like five minutes later, you're on the top yeah. of Mescalito. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And there was a climber who had just had an accident and wow. broke his ankle. Hmm. And, um, you know, I can't remember the total time, but it was something like, you know, two hours. Um, two hours later, you know, from the time that we were inserted on the top of Mescalito, he was in an ambulance. Amazing. So that's, yeah, that's uh, just, uh, yeah, incredible. And it's, you know, because of the resources that that unit has and then also just because such a highly skilled group um but that you know i've never i've never been injured on a you know on a mountain or on a big climb so i've never you know needed the 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 rescue myself but uh as a guide you know i've had to help out with uh with other teams that didn't need rescues and i've always appreciated that there's rescue services out there to yeah. uh to help and For so sure. now being able to give back a little bit is uh is good it's rewarding yeah i love that i remember when you were first getting really involved with being on sar and i asked you i said you know so what's the draw and you said i just like giving back and i found that very admirable i was like wow that is that's really cool because a lot of time is involved you know and time is precious and uh sure it's just wonderful that that's what you're you know that you appreciate it and climbing did a lot for your life so that's how you look at it absolutely yeah so we're going to start wrapping it up here you guys and it's just been a great conversation with bob and a couple of the takeaways you know that i'm finding are planning planning is really important you know having a really good team um that supports you that you can fall back on and everybody has different capabilities and that it's good to have some goals stuff to quest for and just keep on going along keep on trucking so friends we thank everybody for listening and we appreciate you and all your support we've been getting lots of good feedback from everybody and you know the whole point of the rigway podcast is to educate inspire and entertain you for a few minutes of your day and we're going to leave you with this. We want you to remember, when you're doing things the rig way, you're doing things the right way. <laughs>